Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Monday Rush Hour. Indeed it is Bo Snurdly with you here on WABC if you'd like to be part of the program. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. A busy week already. So much to discuss beyond Washington, D.C., which, of course, dominated the news last week with the selection of Kevin McCarthy as the new... House Speaker. We have a big nurses strike in New York. More than 7,000 nurses, two New York City hospitals, began to walk out at 6 p.m. to this, this 6 a.m. this morning. Contract negotiations broke down last night. There was a bit of a photo op outside of one of the hospitals. New York's Attorney General... Letitia Trump-Hate-James delivered what is being described in, I guess this is a Fox News story, a fiery speech, fiery, when she joined the picket line outside of Mount Sinai Hospital. Letitia James reminded everybody that it was nurses who remained on the sides of patients, at the side of patients, when COVID hit in 2020. She claimed that not one elected official was around, either at nursing homes, while nurses remained a constant at the time. It was nurses who were there every day without PPE, again sacrificing their own safety, she said. That is why this attorney general is here on behalf of nurses, because I know what they did. I know what they did, not only in hospitals, but in nursing homes. I know how many people died. I remember the bodies. I remember the caskets. And none of you were around. Not one elected official was around, but only the individuals that remained around, remained consistent, were nurses. Well, that's all well and good. Nurses should thank her for coming out, and they should ask her where she was 
when mandates, vaccine mandates, were costing nurses their jobs. If she's such a big supporter of nurses and if she remembers what they did back in the days when there were no vaccines around, why didn't Letitia James take the lead to stop these or at least fight for nurses and everyone else who's mandated by the mayor of this city and the previous loser mayor of this city? People lost their jobs. They lost their livelihoods. Where was Letitia James? It's nice now to come out and pretend. Well, maybe I shouldn't say pretend because I don't know her motives. Maybe she is sincere now. But where was she then? And why hasn't the state under Letitia James' leadership fought for the nurses and the doctors and everyone else who has suffered under these vaccine mandates, especially when more and more, and where's the investigation into the vaccines and whether or not they're safe for everybody, since everybody in, in certain classifications is mandated. If you want to be consistent, you're talking about consistency, Miss James. The only thing you have been consistent that I can tell is your hatred for Donald Trump and your, your persecution of the Trump family. Now, all of a sudden, you claim to be the hero of the underdog nurses, the underdogs who were there all the while, the true heroes of COVID. Now, all of a sudden, you want to come and deliver fiery speeches. Where were you delivering your fiery speech when Mayor Adams was allowing sports teams to come into the city, their members unvaccinated at the same time? demanding that people lose their jobs who actually live and work here, who actually have a stake in New York's future, when he was persecuting them with these mandates. Where were you then, Letitia James? Anybody see Letitia, you should ask her those questions. In a break from what we normally do in the first hour here, which is to take a deep dive into politics, I want to take a deep dive into something else. This this one surprised me a little bit. It was written by Benjamin Chavis, who, if it's the same Benjamin Chavis I think it is, used to run the NAALCP. And the title of this opinion piece that is in The Hill today is what Dr. King can teach us today about healing the rifts in America. Now, for me to read this article, I have to put aside my own political biases because I remember Dr. Chavez as someone who inflamed people with his rhetoric while he was at the NAACP, if this is the same one. If he's the same man. But I must say, after I read this today, I... Hmm. Let me see what you think, ladies and gentlemen. As the chaotic contest, the House Speaker revealed, Washington today is consumed by political trench warfare. Beneath the ever-present battle between Republicans and Democrats is an even deeper split between those who believe in collaboration and those who think the only answer is 
to bulldoze the other side. That's a shame. Because what has become so clear to me during my six decades, Mr. Chavez writes, on the front lines of the civil rights struggle is that real durable progress only happens when Americans of goodwill speak to one another civilly and work collaboratively despite their differences. Unlike so many societies across human history, did you see what happened in Brazil over the weekend? Yeah, and you see the way the mainstream media here is politicizing that, and Democrats are demanding that the former Brazilian president be extradited with no evidence at all that he was involved in any of it. Let me return to the article. Unlike so many societies across human history, each of us in America should have the inalienable right to speak freely and openly. Cancel culture. Hmm. He says each of us in America should have the inalienable right to speak freely and openly, even about vaccines, even about the truth about COVID, and to be able to disagree without the loss of civility. And that, he says, is among America's greatest blessings. And I endorse that statement. He says, we need to rediscover this element of the hallowed history of our nation. When Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his I Have a Dream speech in 1963, I was there gazing up at him from just below the podium. Today, we remember that speech as a great Carth- um, a great I'm having a mental block on the word. <laughs> Carthesis, and it was. But we should acknowledge that Dr. King wasn't speaking that day exclusively catharsis. Thank you, James. What's happening? But we should also acknowledge that Dr. King wasn't speaking that day exclusively to those of us who already knew him or loved him or shared his dream. His words were directed at Americans who didn't agree with him yet. The vision he painted with his words represented an effort to build a bridge to people who did not share his agenda. And that was intentional. He understood that speaking to people who held reservations about what our movement demanded marked the only realistic path toward our ultimate success. And he goes on to say that the strategy worked. The Civil Rights Bill was passed not because civil rights leaders vilified and castigated those outside our movement. It succeeded because liberals sought out the support of Senate Republicans. little history inversion there. It was liberals who were the big racist, the Democrat Party, the party of the KKK. But that aside, that's just a brief historical note. It succeeded because liberals sought out the support of Republicans, most specifically Illinois Senator Everett Dirksen, who brought over enough Republican votes to overcome a Southern filibuster, a Democrat filibuster. This is as close as you'll ever hear a Democrat get tell the truth about what happened back in 1964. That it was Democrats who were holding up the progress of the Civil Rights Bill and Republicans and Republican votes that 
helped it pass, and it never would have passed over the Democrat filibuster if it were not for Republicans. But again, I digress. He says President Johnson, Senate Democrat leader Mike Mansfield, understood that collaborating with Dirksen was the key to victory. Think of what that could teach us. What was perhaps the most important legislative achievement in the 20th century was born not from spewing vitriol at the other side, but from a strategy that explicitly reflected Dr. King's determination to have an honest, open conversation with people who took a different view from his own. Well, Ben Shavis, I hear you. And I wonder how many of your fellow Democrats, liberals, hear you today. These people are, it's impossible to have an honest conversation with them. If you try to have an honest conversation with them about children, for instance, and sexualizing children, they say, they call it something else. They say you're against gays and they'll call it a don't say gay bill. They'll tell you you're against affirming gender when all you're doing is trying to affirm a parent's right to teach their children the values that they have. If you disagree with them on anything concerning policies regarding race, they call you a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, if they they think that you're against policies that affect the identity political class of homosexuals. They call you anti-female if you don't agree with them on and say you're waging a war against women if you disagree with them on anything to do with policies that affect women. You're a jingoistic xenophobe if you talk about securing the borders. And all of these attacks on American citizens are being leveled from the left. Now, that is not to say that there are members of the right and members of that are not the left that speak incivilly toward other people. I know that happens. We all know that happens. But for the most part, conservatives in America are trying to retain their values. For goodness sakes, if you talk about God in the public square, they want to immediately cancel you and shut you up. How dare you bring up God? How how dare you bring up biblical or any other spiritual truth into a debate? They want you to shut up. In fact, there are moves in certain quarters to call religious people bigots because people that are orthodox, people that practice orthodox, an orthodox form of their religion, or they make up nice words, they call them fundamentalist. Those people are regarded with nothing but vitriol and hatred for simply living up to the beliefs that they are taught and have accepted from a spiritual or a religious point of view. Ben Chavez goes on to say that some people say that anger and distrust in our politics, I'm paraphrasing here, is so profound that we've reached the point of no return. And he says he simply doesn't agree with that premise. 
On October 4, 1968, I was busy organizing people in North Carolina to prepare for a visit Dr. King was set to make to Charlotte the next day, but he never made it, having been assassinated while standing on the balcony of the Memphis uh, Lorraine Motel. If ever there was a moment to be overwhelmed by rage and pessimism, it was then, but I knew because of what Dr. King had taught me that vitriol was a dead end, and so I endeavored instead to continue on the path Dr. King had begun to forge. I still believe he had it right. Fortunately, I'm skipping over portions of it. You can find this in the Hill today. Fortunately, some in Washington are holding a torch for Dr. King's approach, and they are lighting the way forward. I look to groups like the Problem Solvers Caucus in the House, their allies in the Senate, and see them engaged in all sorts of conversations Dr. King imagined all of us having when he spoke of the beloved community. They are holding fast to an old and timeless notion of what it means to be a leader. Someone strong enough to listen to those who take a different point of view and to stand up to those who prefer vitriol to love. I look at them and I see courage, patriotism, and wisdom. And I know the message they offer is timeless. The way out of our current predicament, he says, is unity. Dr. Benjamin Schaff's today writing in The Hill. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, with you here. It's Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. Your calls are invited, 800-848-WABC. We're coming back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. John Cicada brings us back on our Monday morning, afternoon, evening, night edition of Rush Hour. (laughs) Oh, goodness. A federal judge today has temporarily blocked part of New Jersey's gun law that prohibits gun owners from carrying their weapons in certain places. The judge, Renee Marie Baum, sitting in uh, Camden, issued a temporary restraining order for a section of the law that specifically bans guns from being carried in public libraries or museums, bars, restaurants that serve alcohol, or entertainment facilities. Now, the... Democrat liberal governor of New Jersey, dictator Phil Murphy, signed the law in December. And most of the law's provisions still stick, but this provision for now is done away with. 
You homeowners, here's something that you'll want to pay attention to, especially if you're thinking about moving into a new place or you're in a place that has gas appliances. You can find this story in the Daily BS today. That would be a website that I have stood up, and it is in its pre-launch stage right now for news, the Daily BS. Here's one of the stories you'll find in the Daily BS today. Biden administration considering a national ban on what? Gas stoves. Yeah, exactly. So if you like cooking with gas instead of cooking on an electric range, be aware that Consumer Product Safety Commission may decide, and they're considering outlawing uh, natural gas stoves. Those of you in, in, in Pennsylvania, too, a lot of gas down there, natural gas, in the New York area. So many people use gas stoves instead of electric. In our tri-state, actually our quad-straight state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, gas stoves are extremely popular here. You know why? Of course, it all goes back to climate change. There were reports today, by the way, I don't have the story in front of me at the moment. You can find them if you really care. To look at the ozone layer is healing. We spent so much time on Republican politics last week. There's a big story in the Nueva Yorka Times. The Republicans are preparing their new rules, but fixing Congress isn't so easy. The story starts off to me in a comical way. Smarting after a dozen years under iron-fisted Republican rule, House Democrats promised to do things differently and open up the institution when they regained majority control in 2007. The New York Times starts with a dozen years of Republican rule, not mentioning the 60 years that Democrats ran the House of Representatives before then, close to 60 years. One of their changes back in 2007 was allow, to allow any member to, of, to offer up their own amendments. And then Democrats quickly reversed that after Republicans started putting up amendments. And now the House Republican majority is proposing to make those kind of institutional changes under Kevin McCarthy to open up the House so that it can truly do the people's business. And this article goes on and on and on with how not easy this is going to be. There are more warnings today in certain quarters of the mainstream media about the ever-present debt ceiling and how Republicans are going to screw up the works by demanding a clean debt ceiling bill. And also, budgets that are on time instead of this last-minute push that we've been getting in December of every year. There is a story about General Milley today in the Gateway Pundit. And I will tell you, it is disturbing. Very disturbing. We will briefly... Skip to that story when we get back from our next break. And there are so many other things to talk about. If you, by the way, I wanted to say more 
about that article with Ben Chavis about civility. Does anyone disagree that that's the best approach to have civil discussions about everything? Wouldn't it be nice if we could have an honest discussion in America about things again without fear of being canceled, without fear that the liberals will actually come after you and try to take your livelihood away from you? Wouldn't it be nice to have an honest discussion about vaccines and the, especially this current crop of vaccines and whether or not, whether or not they are responsible for an increase in side effects that younger people are experiencing. Wouldn't it be nice to have that discussion? Wouldn't it be nice to have a discussion, an honest discussion about race in America? And about how different cultures in this one race of humanity are, in fact, some segments of that culture are in trouble. Wouldn't it be nice to have an honest discussion about biology and gender without having to worry about being being canceled? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to talk civilly about anything that you want to without fear. Ben Chavis is right about that. I think the hardest time he would have is with his fellow liberals, because they don't believe that at all. About climate change. They call you a climate change denier if you don't, and they want to shut you up with that. Anyway, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. We'll be back. We'll take your calls. Got a little bit more news to go to as well when we get back. Don't go away. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dave Matthews Band brings us back. American Baby here on WABC. Fell so hard to make us lose our faith. From what's left, you figure it out. Still make lemonade taste like a Dave Matthews' birthday today, as well as Joan Baez, Jimmy Page. Also today. In history, back in 1984, Van Halen released their 1984 album. Makes sense, doesn't it? Let me get to this really quickly, and I do want to get to your telephone calls. Okay, this, folks, this is this should chill those of you that are serious about America and our defense. This is the headline in the Gateway Pundit today, Treason. General Mark Milley hid nuclear codes from Trump, held secret calls with the Chinese defense officials, then surrendered to the Taliban and armed them with $80 billion in U.S. weapons. According to the book Peril, written by Bob Woodward, General Mark Milley, the Joint Chiefs Chairman, told China 
Now, we had heard this before, but now it's in the book. And by the way, well, I'll get to it. Has told, told China in a secret telephone call that he would give them advance warning if the United States was ever going to attack. In a pair of secret phone calls, one on October 20th, the other January 8th, Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, assured his Chinese counterpart, General Li Xiaoqing of the People's Liberation Army, the commies, that the U.S. would not strike, according to the new book written by Bob Woodward and national political editor for the Washington Post, Robert Costa. On January 8, 2021, same day Milley reportedly spoke to China in a secret phone call, CNN ran a story claiming Nancy Pelosi had gotten assurances from Milley that there are safeguards in place in the event President Trump wanted to launch a nuclear weapon. Fifteen people were present when Milley called on China in a teleconference in October 2020, coordinated by then-Defense Secretary Mark Esper's office. Trump eventually, of course, fired Esper. Now, Milley released a statement through a spokesman that confirmed the reporting in the book. He confirmed that he did have these telephone conversations with the Chinese. My question is, when do the hearings start? This is an unprecedented act of insubordination to an American president, and they're admitting it right out in the open. They don't care whether you know it or not. I don't like the word treason. I rarely use it. I think it's overused in the political dialogue, in the political conversation in America. However, General Milley needs to find himself on trial. He needs to find himself on trial. And the Republicans should not ignore this, especially since he is admitting it. This is unprecedented in American history. Before we head to the telephone, something else unprecedented. Did you know what today is, Scott? January 9th, 2007. What happened? Uh, three days after January 6th? 2007. 2007. Two years before. No. Steve Jobs introduced ah, the Apple yes. iPhone at Macworld in San Francisco. Today's the birthday of the announcement of the iPhone. Not just the best-selling gadget ever created, probably the most influential one. That's what Wyatt wrote in 2018. The influence goes far beyond other phones. The infrastructure that made the iPhone also enabled drones, smart home gadgets, wearables, and self-driving cars. Wow. And to me, the the iPhones will always be associated with Rush. I got my first iPhone and every iPhone that I had up until the day, up until the time, every new iPhone, every year Rush would buy his staff new iPhones. Did he jump on the first one? Mm Mm-hmm. We had the first one. 
And he would he would buy it. He would, in fact, one year Rush gave not only the iPhones, he bought um, he prepaid everyone's uh, phone bill for the entire year. It's amazing. He was an amazing man. All right, let's head to the telephones. We've asked people to call eight hundred eight four eight WABC is the number to call eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Let's start in Manhattan with Christine. Christine, how are you? I am sick to my stomach when I see what's going on in this town. And I've heard you talk about the the hypocrisy, the uh, racism coming from the Democrats uh, in history. It still is. The authors of CRT and wokeism is pure racism and is dividing the country. And the other thing which you said about Millie, I don't know what word other than treason you can use to describe it. It is treasonous so, behavior. <laughs> I just wish to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I happen to be a registered nurse, and I seen 7,000 nurses out screaming their heads off. And uh, I myself was blacklisted by uh, the guy that represented Hillary Clinton, that was Harold Dickey's, back in the 70s when I was a negotiator for the Nurses' Rights Organization. So this is not new. And I, they will never be able to make up the dearth of nurses. They're reporting 500 openings in one hospital and 700 openings in another to hire RNs. There are not enough RNs to fill that position. And the reason is because many of the hospitals and nursing schools were closed after 9-11, all up and down St. Vincent's, for example. And this is, this is what's happening, and people will die. And well, you know what? And and there's something else here. Many New York, many nurses have fled New York. They are sick of the man. Look, nurses, perhaps with the exception of doctors, are the most knowledgeable people about COVID, about the vaccines. Remember, these are people who risked their own lives during COVID, when there was no vaccine, when there was nothing when people didn't even know how the disease was being transmitted. Nurses, nurses, American nurses went in and tried their best to help people. They stayed with people as they died. In fact, in some cases, they were the only comfort that people had because they couldn't even see members of their families. These government officials, these government dictator bureaucrats, violated Americans' constitutional freedoms, put them under lockdowns, put Cuomo, the way he decided to infect the nursing home population by throwing people with COVID into nursing homes. And how many died? And he's still unaccountable for it. But nurses were the only ones with doctors and the medical staff that supports them. They were the only ones who... Day and the in the EMT workers. Don't let me forget you, EMT workers, who were going in and risking their lives every single day. And the thanks that they got, those nurses that researched this and decided, you know what, this vaccine's not for me. I don't want to do this. They were thrown out of their jobs. They lost their pensions. They lost their benefits. They were ceremoniously dumped by these feckless, evil politicians. And now you have Letitia James standing out there like she's some kind of hero 
Like she's all for the nurses. Where were you when it counted, Letitia? It's one thing to go on and in, in, in a photo op and take pictures with nurses and claim that you're for them. Where's the lawsuit against these mandates, Letitia? You have that power. It is sickening the way that nurses in America have been treated. It is sickening the way that doctors in this country that have been, have been treated. It is sickening the disinformation that's been allowed to flourish and the, and the, and the, the closing down the shutoff of conversation on social media and inside medical associations where there should be a robust conversation about all aspects of this disease and treatment. And instead, you have doctors that now have to operate outside of the system if they want to give their patients good care. You have an underground network of doctors and nurses that has to operate outside of the medical community because they are so afraid that they'll lose their licenses for telling the freaking truth. And meanwhile, we get politicians posturing. And in some cases, you have nurses that have abandoned New York, said, forget this. You people don't have any respect for me, my profession. I'm going somewhere that does. And that's all despite the pay despite the long hours that they have to put in. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, your calls coming up, more of them when we get back. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. James Golden. I feel so bad, I got a worried mind. I'm so lonesome all the time. Most nerdly. Since I left my baby behind on Blue Bayou. With Linda Ronstadt, who brings us back this afternoon. Saving nickels, saving dimes. Work until the sun don't shine Looking forward to happier times on Blue Bayou Remember, Catching Night comes up next here on WABC Talk Radio 77. You've still got me pissed off about this no gas stoves proposal from the Biden administration. I don't, I don't even like gas stoves. I have a gas stove, but I don't really like them because I don't like the smell for the exact reasons they want to ban them. But I don't think they should ban them. Of course not. It's more to tell. I, look, I love gas stoves. I wish they're I easy had to, I mean, one. they're easy to cook on and stuff. I just don't like to. They, they, there is exhaust and there is smell. Not much. Rhonda says her pizza alone could broke a world peace. She needs her gas stove. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? Are there going to be a lot of people upset if these people do it? If they go ahead and don't think it's impossible. Isn't that something you could challenge in court? Sure. You can challenge anything these people do in court. But when they own the judges, I keep going back. 
There well, was a day. Buy, maybe you can buy some judges with the reparations money. Ooh, there's a thought. <laughs> buy a judge. There you go. <laughs> Let us go to uh, Randolph, New Jersey. Dr. Joe. How are you, Dr. Joe? Good. Uh, James, love you. Love your show. Uh, Thank three you. things. I'm trying to make it quick. Uh, first thing is, I agree with you wholeheartedly about the respect the nurses deserve. Nurses make the hospitals run. The doctors do get the respect, but the nurses don't, and they really deserve it, number one. Number two, uh, what uh, Benjamin Chavez said was totally right. Nobody could really argue with him. But the point is that the Democrats are, compl- are accusing the Republicans of doing what they're doing. You know, they, they spew the vitriol. They call, you know the Republicans fascists when in fact the Democrats are. So it's kind of like, you know, it's like starting a fire and then saying, well, you know, you shouldn't start a fire, but you started it. And this is what they're doing. Number three, again, I agree with you wholeheartedly on uh, what we need to do about uh, the COVID vaccine. All medicines, mm -hmm. all vaccines have risks and benefits. Now I, I personally think that there was uh, this, there was a lot of benefit from this vaccine. I believe to save a lot of lives, but, I'm seeing things in my practice that scare me. Uh, for example, the, 14, the first 14 years that I've been on my own in private practice, the internal medicine practice, I had maybe three cases of three new cases of atrial fibrillation, which is a dangerous heart rhythm. And in the last year and nine days, I've had seven. Um, something tells me there's something going on here. There's, you know, you can get an epidemiologist or a statistician to say something going on, whether it's because of the COVID itself, the COVID vaccine. I don't know. Studies need to be made. Medicine needs to be objective. We just can't say it's safe. We have to follow because we have to protect our patients. I've been very fortunate in that I do routine EKGs on my patients, and I found these things before they caused a stroke or some other, you know, uh, bad side effect. So the medicine itself, I mean, the vaccine did its job, but we have to be careful. We don't know what the long-term results are going to be. We have to keep a very potent eye out for it uh, to make sure that we catch the problems before they start killing our people or causing, you know, uh, morbidity, if not mortality. Dr. Joe, thank you so much for your contribution this afternoon because, you know, people do trust their doc or used to trust their doctors. And now when people have to wonder whether their doctor's giving them the real skinny or not, it's not good for medicine. It's not good for our society. All we're saying is, people like me, give us an honest conversation. Don't suppress one side of the conversation, especially when there's so much money involved and people can question motives as to why people are suppressing one half of the, or or, or suppressing so much of a conversation that should be had. Thank you. Very true. Thank you so much. Let us go to Susan in Brooklyn. Susan, please quickly, we've got so many calls hanging here. I want to get to one or two more. Yes, darling. The um, the, the trial, the 15,000 pages that um, of the um, Pfizer trials that were uh, gotten through the Freedom of Information Act um, are being closely, and in fact, there's a book out by Dr. Naomi Wolf that goes through what was in the trials. And now... How many of these things are, are it, the truth is coming out and it's not about all vaccines. We have to distinguish between the uh, vaccines and this experimental vaccine and what was known in advance 
and that, you know, as I say, the truth is coming out and there's many very smart lawyers and Dr. Naomi Wolf, she's not a physician. She's a PhD um, data analyst and she's no um, conservative. So check it out. The Body of Others is her book. Okay, I will check. Thank you so much. In fact, we need to try see if we can have her on there. Vinny in Massapequa. Very quickly, Vinny, what's up? Yeah, the um, General Milley information that just came out smacks to me of uh, a shiny object ploy. I mean, this is old news. We knew about it. It is treasonous. And being reported by this guy who I remember as generally being like on the left, Woodward guy, um, and having it being admitted to, it seems like it's too much in your hands to try to distract from what really should be prosecuted. Look, I hear this all the time. I Wait, wait, wait. I hear this all the time. Oh, that's just out here to distract. There's so much news every single day. Any You can say that about any story. The fact of the matter is, the news is out here. And Millie, just add him to the list of people that need to be thoroughly investigated and held accountable for his actions. That, to me, isn't a distraction. You know, I appreciate the call so much. Thank you. Let us see. No, we don't. I was wondering if we had enough time for another call. Look, those of you on hold, I'm sorry I couldn't get to your call today. Please give us a call. We're here all week, and we'll be taking your calls all week. And on Saturday, on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. You nurses out there. You nurses out there. We love you. You deserve. You deserve to be treated fairly. You deserve the respect. Mad love to the nurses. Mad love to all of you nurses. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow on WABC. Bye. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.